Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, I bet right now there's someone relieving themselves in a downtown alley. And sure, it's not ideal, but the fact is there isn't enough access to public restrooms in the city center. We're with Adam Smeltz, who's been reporting on new data from Point Park University. It's Thursday, October 6th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. article, I realize I have the convenience of living downtown. So, you know, when nature calls, I can run home. Um, Is it really that hard, though, to find a public restroom in downtown Pittsburgh? It is. Uh, In fact, a recent study showed that perhaps a quarter of people in in downtown Pittsburgh cannot find a public bathroom. Uh, This study, which was conducted by the, uh, some students at Point Park University at the request of the Building Owners and Managers Association of Pittsburgh, uh, found that there are no year-round public restrooms downtown that are open 24-7. Wow. Um, and it, as part of a survey that the, that the, um, that the students did during the, during the study, they found that 14% of people opted to go home. <laughs> like me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or. Or presumably leaving downtown Pittsburgh to go and and use the bathroom or uncomfortably waited. So that seems to be a a particularly revealing figure. And a public restroom, that's different from one that would be in a business. So if I went into a restaurant and asked, that's not the same as just, you know, it is a public place, but it's not really a public place unless I'm a customer. Right. The definition is it it can can be a little squishy. may not be the best adjective for this conversation, but... Um, <laughs> or the perfect one. <laughs> um, but yeah, generally generally, public restrooms are, are, are defined as those where there is no barrier to access. Um, so a, a, a restroom that might be available to you when you're downtown, but only if you're a paying customer, um, might, might not be considered a, a public bathroom. Is this something new or has it always been like notoriously challenging to find a public restroom downtown? It has gotten worse. Um, First, there was the the shutdown, the lockdown, when a lot of businesses, of course, most businesses closed. um, A lot of public facilities weren't open. And so a lot of public restrooms just sort of dropped off the radar during that period. And then as life sort of began to return to normal, not all of those public bathrooms came back. Um, Not all of those businesses came back. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, Some spaces um, that that had been available to folks before, um, just some bathrooms didn't reopen because businesses were short-staffed. They didn't want to deal with with that extra hassle of of cleaning. Some kept their their bathrooms closed because they were worried about COVID transmission in those Mm -hmm. tight spaces. And the study, uh, which was uh, actually initiated by the Building Owners and Managers Association of, of Pittsburgh, um, also identified, you know, concerns with uh, drug use and, and other illegal activities yeah. in, in public bathrooms that have discouraged um, that have discouraged their availability as well. 
another moment I feel like of admitting, you know, some of our own privileges that I know that I can walk into a, a Starbucks or, you know, a, a, any business downtown, ask to use the bathroom and generally not have a problem. But I have noticed the awkward interactions, you know, and the difference that people who might be unhoused get um, when they ask for, you know, access to the restroom. So is it, I don't know, are there, are those, I guess, who did you talk to when um, you were working on your article? Were, were they a part of the, the people that you spoke with that also see this as a problem? They were, I, I did speak with a number of people downtown who, who are unhoused. And one gentleman in particular had a, had a really striking story. He said that um, when he was unhoused and, and really struggling, that a lot of times bathroom access would depend on who he knew at particular businesses and if they knew him and if they had if they had interacted before if they had if they had a good rapport other folks have other folks who were living downtown unhoused said that they really kind of developed their daily patterns their daily habits their their movements based on where they know they can use the bathroom and they have a very sort of they sort of have a mental map of where they know they can go. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a real it's a real barrier when you may not have the money to go in and buy a bottle of water or a candy bar or whatever it takes to get access to to the bathroom. Um, and so it's it to having not having that access can lead to other complications. Say you don't have the two dollars to buy something, the three dollars to buy something to get bathroom access. It means you're more likely to be out there panhandling to yeah. try to get a few bucks to get in. And if you're panhandling, that can lead to other problems. You might you might get um, you know slapped with a citation. Um, it can lead to to other complications on the street. So it's 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 a real issue. It's a it's a really it's a daily issue for people who are living on the street, and it's. Um, a lot of folks I spoke with said it's really an issue of it's a humanitarian issue. It's, a, it's an issue of human dignity. Yeah, my thoughts are you don't you don't know what somebody's going to do, you know, in the restroom, and really that's that's their business. But uh, there were over the past several years there have been um, a lot of incidents down here. Thinking about that McDonald's um, that's like at the intersection of like Stanwicks and and Forbes um and they've had a lot of overdoses you know in the bathrooms uh of of restaurants and things like that here was that a factor is that why a lot of businesses have also not wanted to open their doors to to just the public yeah so the study found that that there were um concerns with with drug use um in in some bathrooms and, and and other illegal activity that that led to their closures um, in fact, there's a public bathroom that was invented out in Portland, Oregon, called the Portland Loo. For lack of a better term, it's sort of like an outdoor stall and an outdoor enclosure that includes a, a bathroom in an area where you can wash up. But there are blue lights, which make it hard. Uh, it, it affects the way that um, it affects the ability to find veins, right? If you're, uh... if you're looking to inject. So there are there are innovations uh, out there that that can sort of address, that can help cities address these concerns. Yeah, because it's not like people are, are going to stop, you know, no, but it's, that's not addressing the the opioid epidemic or anything like that. So if you don't want them using, that's great that they have uh, something like that in place. 
It can be frustrating though, walking around down here and you go to take a deep breath and you smell urine or you're sidestepping, you know, piles of poop on the sidewalk that I know are not all from dogs. Um, so people aren't necessarily relieving themselves publicly as like, you know, an act of rebellion, which is how I see it. I, I just, I go outside, I get so mad. Um, <laughs> but ew, it's gotta be, is that a health hazard? It is and it isn't. So this is, this is really interesting. As part of the reporting, I interviewed um, a street medicine doctor and psychiatrist with Allegheny Health Network's um, Center street, for- Street medicine? Street medicine. It, it is a specialty in the medical field. Not drug dealer. <laughs> no, no, not, not a drug dealer. Not a drug dealer. Absolutely the opposite of that. Yeah. Um, uh, Dr. Liz Fry is um, is with Allegheny Health Network's Center for Inclusion Health in this area. She's also vice chair of the board at the Street Medicine Institute, which was founded here in Pittsburgh. And so there are two things to know. Um, well, actually, there are, there are way more than two things to know. No, again, no pun intended. But um, so <laughs> when it comes to public urination, um, urine is sterile. So that is that's that's really not uh, a huge a huge public health threat um, according to according to Dr. Fry. The larger issue is with uh, defecation. The gross factor is there, but there's less an issue with it sitting on the ground than it's not going to infect you. It's not going to harm you just because you've you've walked by it. The issue is really um, it goes hand in hand with the fact that if you're if you're Going to if you're defecating on the street, you don't have a place typically to wash up afterward. Yeah. Okay. And so if your hands are contaminated, um, it's more likely that you're going to spread that contamination. Um, it's not so so much an issue of getting it like on door handles, but in in the communities of the of the unhoused, um, they may spread things like hepatitis among one another. Um, in encampment areas where folks are, are cooking or, or handling food for one another or sharing food, it becomes mm-hmm. easier for them to transmit infections. But it's, it's definitely folly to, to suggest that this is solely or, or even um, heavily a, a problem involving the unhoused. Yeah. Um, a lot of people I, I spoke with downtown who live downtown, who work downtown, say they most typically see, you know, people publicly relieving themselves, the people who are doing this are, are appear to be commuters, students, people with, with backpacks, people who, who you know, people who, are, who have jobs or are in school, young families. And so if, if they are going to the bathroom on the street or defecating on the street because they can't find a place to go otherwise, and they don't have a place to wash up, and maybe they don't have hand sanitizer with them, right? Um, that, you know, that becomes a health hazard in terms of spreading spreading disease especially if uh, if they're handling food if they happen to be a food service worker or they're sharing food with others otherwise that that can be a real problem is this causing a problem for any like any of the businesses downtown like what does it mean you know to have so much waste so much human waste in our streets it's a it's a couple of things um it's it's a it's an economic impact issue um the, the the presence of human waste speaks to the fact that uh, obviously people don't have alternatives and if they don't have alter- if they don't have a place to go they're more likely to you know get out of town more quickly they're not going to linger they're not going to um, 
frequent businesses. They're not going to go to arts organizations or, or you know, stay as long at, at concerts or festivals or that sort of thing. And, and that has right. a, that has a, an economic impact. The, the sort of the the more direct nasty impact um, is the, the the presence of, of human waste right you know in the immediate vicinity of of businesses and one business downtown I, I spoke with had a particularly compelling story um, Wiener world which is near the the, the T station on, on Wood Street if you're familiar with that part of downtown oh yeah they have to put um, so they they bleach their their doorways every morning. It's a walk-up eatery, so there, there's a lot, of, a lot of foot traffic of of people of kind of across the spectrum in, in that part of downtown too. And the the owner there, told, at Wiener World, told me that um, they actually have to stack tables and chairs, you know, in a in a in their back entryway at night to try to keep people from going in and using it as a as a place to relieve themselves. And it doesn't it doesn't always work, you know. Sometimes people come in and, and use the space anyway. So what is the solution? You talked about the um, the public Porter Johns, that's what I'll call them, um, you know, in Portland. Are there is there anything like that that's going to be coming to Pittsburgh? So the study by Point Park students came up with a with a number of recommendations. Um, one is, yes, to to improve the infrastructure, to to bring more toilet facilities into downtown. Um through perhaps through mechanisms like the Port- Portland Loo, these freestanding structures that are not porta potties, they are they are built into the street, they are built into the plumbing. There's a place to wash your hands. You can close a door, but any any activity like that is probably just in terms of building the infrastructure. Even if the city and and downtown organizations can get the money and the organization together, I mean that that is probably well into 2023 if that happens. Mm-hmm. More immediately. The Building Owners and, Man- and Managers Association of Pittsburgh will be having a, a, a public meeting shortly to discuss uh, recommendations and, and next steps. And uh, they'll be talking about these specific recommendations from, from the study, which include um, you know, opening public parking garage restrooms again to the public, uh, possibly a, a wayfinding system, whether that would be some kind of physical signage or, or virtual virtual signage, virtual information to direct people to, to bathrooms, um, and also the addition of new infrastructure, new facilities downtown, um, such as the the Portland Blue, which is, is kind of that, that freestanding structure. And the, the gathering will be a public forum, so the there should be plenty of public input on, on where the city goes from here. Adam Smeltz is a contributor for Pittsburgh Magazine. We'll have a link to his article in our show notes. Adam, thank you so much for your reporting and for joining us today. Morgan, thank you so much for the opportunity. It's a pleasure to join you. Just a little more news before you go. Tall weeds and messy trash cans could cost you. New legislation introduced to city council would allow the city to fine residents and businesses for, quote, quality of life violations. Councilman Bruce Krause says it's to deal with properties that aren't being maintained. 
Fines go up to $100 for multiple offenses, so make nice with your neighbors and keep your sh clean. <laughs> and a new book is telling the incredible story of Freedom House Ambulance Service in the Hill District. It's called American Sirens, and it's by Kevin Hazard. He tells the stories of the Black men and women who became America's very first paramedics during the mid-1960s. At the time, police responded to most medical emergencies, often with little or no training and you know, also those white cops wouldn't come to black neighborhoods at all. So for a while, the Hill had better emergency care than the rest of the city. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends, rate the show, leave us love, reviews, glowing reviews only, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. So I'll see you then. That author is quite, quite handsome. I'd read that book.